0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Kiwi Birth Tales. This is a mummy work. Okay, thanks. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host, Jordan, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. I speak with the beautiful Ashley, and she's got two lovely stories to share with us. Before we jump into that, if you're new around here, I am a mum of two beautiful boys. I've got Jai who is three and Ali who's one and a half. I've also got a business baby. Um, alongside Kiwi Birthdays, I have Your Birth Project. Your Birth Project is an online hypnobirthing course that is inclusive of all birth types, so it doesn't matter what kind of birth you're planning or might be planning, it is inclusive of your birth and helps you to create your very best birth. It is also an online store, which is pregnancy, birth and postpartum products, and the recently released Your Birth Project Journal, which is a pregnancy and birth journal. It's got education, it's got mindset, reflection, it's just the most beautiful tool to help you create your best birth and have your best postpartum period. So that's my um all of my babies <laughs> and if you're here today then you are going to be hearing from the lovely ashley i actually connected with ashley initially on tiktok because i get stuck down like the deep dark hole of tiktok every night where i'm watching videos all night and ashley has um a beautiful little family that she shares on there mainly in vlogs so i found her through there we started talking and then she's recently had her second baby carnor so really wanted to get her on the podcast to share their experiences. Um, We do mainly talk through Kanoa's pregnancy and birth which is her second baby. We touch high level on her first um, pregnancy and birth with Ana Kiwa but yeah her preference was to focus on the second one so that's what we've done today. Uh, She's got such a journey to share with us. Um, Her first birth was an induction that ended in a c-section because of suspected preeclampsia or risk of preeclampsia um and she still had a really positive birth experience it was a pretty calm um in terms of a c-section but yeah she talks us through like that induction process and what she would have maybe done differently and what that all looked like and then we work through her second pregnancy and she actually ended up having a planned home birth so really beautiful contrast of experiences and i just love the way she shares them with us so i know you're going to enjoy this episode Wherever you're listening, if you can rate the podcast, I would absolutely love and appreciate you giving me um a rating or leaving a comment. It helps other people to find the podcast, and I read them all. I'm super grateful to hear from you every time. If you want to connect with me, find me at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project on Instagram. And yeah, I will let you enjoy this episode now. I know you're going to. Here is Ashley. Hi Ashley, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hello, nice to talk to you in
0: person. I've been listening to you for years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's very nice to have you here and I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family.
0: Cool. So, um, hello, I'm Ashley. I am a primary school teacher currently on maternity leave. Um, I have two daughters, Mm Anakiwa and Kanoa. Anakiwa is two years old, and she is the main character in our family. (laughs) Um, She is definitely a papa's girl. Papa through and through for everything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she was our first little baby. We've also just had Kanoa, who is two weeks old, and another little girl. Um, Both of those pregnancies we it was also a surprise we didn't know the gender mm-hmm. so yeah that was a little bit more um I don't know ex- a bit of excitement at birth yeah yeah and yeah. then I um and with my husband Louis, who I've been with since high school since we were 15 mm-hmm. we've done long distance we've lived in Wellington for seven years and then we just decided to move back to Northland um, at the start of this year and bring our babies home so that they could be surrounded by all Mm -hmm. their family. And yeah, we've also uh, full-time stay-at-home parents and Mm -hmm. we are loving it.
1: Yeah, amazing. That is very cool. And I'm looking forward to hearing, yeah, all about that. Um, And I guess as we jump into it, do you want to take us through... Um, what the journey to pregnancy was like and sort of through your first pregnancy and birth with Anakiwa.
0: Yeah, cool. So we, I think if we conceived it, in 2020, so it was during the pandemic that we conceived Anakiwa. Prior to that, I would say that Louie was quite um, or very proactive about contraception and safe sex. <laughs> he, yeah, His mum ran a teen pregnancy home. So while he was a teenager, he also lived with other mums, other young mums who had babies. And I wouldn't say that traumatised him, but it was definitely (laughs) like in our teenage years, you know, you need to be on contraception. I need to be using condoms. He was just all in, like we cannot have a baby. (laughs) Um, And I would say that sort of stuck with him. For quite a while i mean we got married quite young at 21 and even then he was like no like I'm, I'm still not ready i'm still not ready um so we just i guess during that time focused on like travel and stuff like that i was also studying at university to become a teacher so we had always said okay after you finish your four years um then we can i guess sort of start having the conversations about having kids." Mm-hmm having off contraception so as soon as i graduated i was like yep you've said it i've been, <laughs> I've been waiting for this for be- yeah. four years so i had the iud and um i've and got that out in about february of 2020 and i wasn't um tracking my ovulation or anything like that we were both sort of just in the mindset of it will happen when it will happen, mm. um, and yeah, it did happen, and it happened quite fast. So I mm. think in May was when I fell pregnant, and I wasn't taking pregnancy tests or anything like that, um, and yeah, May came round, and then, when did I take my first pregnancy test? Oh, July. July was when I found out, so I was about six weeks um yeah. at the time and I remember I was doing a CrossFit competition and one of the exercises was on an assault bike and I remember just feeling really lightheaded and just saying to my friend like man I just really don't feel well I must just be unfit." and mm. she was like mm, I think there might be something else and I was like <laughs> no 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 like I'd never had any pregnancy scares I guess because I was always on contraception so I'd never even taken a pregnancy test at this stage mm, yeah um and again i was like no i think it's just the exercises like i'm just you know i'm just mm-hmm. unfit and then we had actually gone out for a couple of drinks that night again i i was just still in denial that i could be pregnant and mm-hmm. i remember we ordered some wines and i was like wow you can really it's really fragrant and you can really smell the notes of the here and all this <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. and everyone else is like what are you talking about like it just smells like wine and i'm like no like are you kidding me? Can you not smell that? And everyone just thought I was just tipsy or just crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then on, on Monday morning I remember people always saying, It needs to be your first pee, like when you take a pregnancy test. Mm. So I'd sort of said to Louie, um, Oh, I just got my period, like I'm just gonna go up the road to go get some, you know, pets and stuff. And I went to the supermarket and I had no idea you know what kind of pregnancy (laughs) tests I should be taking so I was like well I want an accurate one so I'm going to get the most expensive one there (laughs) and I ran into someone that I knew and I was like oh my gosh they're going to see me taking this test and anyway I went home and I took the test in the bathroom and it straight away popped up with um with positive and I had to sort of double look at the box because I was like wait does this does this mean that it is positive. Like, am I reading yeah. this right? And, yeah, I'd always sort of envisioned, you know, telling Louie in this really cool way, but I just couldn't hide it from him. I sort of just said, come down here, I have something to show. <laughs> sort of, yeah. like, chuck the test and, I don't know, a bag for him to find. But he said as soon as I called him down, like, he had a feeling that um, <laughs> that's what I was going to tell him. And, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. that was yeah. our journey with Anakia. yeah Yeah, amazing and I guess if you just want to give us a really um yeah high level of overview of what your pregnancy was like and um your birth experience with her yeah so my pregnancy
0: with her I had um like the morning sickness or all day sickness but I think because I was teaching at the time I didn't really have time during the day to think about being sick because you have Mm -hmm. all these kids that you're needing to attend to (laughs) so as soon as i would get home i would just be super tired and pretty much go to sleep at five o'clock um yeah the first trimester was i guess it was what i would expect like um typical symptoms i was just (laughs) eating all the beige food i did end up having to go to the doctors because i lost quite a lot of weight just because I was unable to keep any food or water down Um, Mm. but don't worry that quickly (laughs) caught up (laughs) with me throughout the rest of the pregnancy but yeah I had a really smooth pregnancy with her and then I had quite a lot of friends around me at the time that were also pregnant and they were all overdue so I had no Mm. um I don't know I was just expecting to go over I guess yeah, and then when I was forty and one, I just went in for my weekly checkup with my midwife, and she said, um, "Oh, have you been getting lots of headaches this week?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, like right, in, you know, right in the middle of my mm. forehead." She was like, mm. "And have you been getting swollen feet?" And I was like, "Yes, every day." You know, it's the same. Yeah, like all these things you're saying. How do you know? And then pretty much my blood pressure had spiked. Than mm. that last week, and I hadn't had any issues with my blood pressure prior, and we were in the hospital for that um, that checkup, and she sort of said, "Okay, I think we're going to have to induce you now, um, mm. because you're at risk of preeclampsia. Oh, so we okay. need it. We need to um, send you away, get some tests, and check that the babies are good. And I think because everything had gone so." smoothly for that it sort of caught us off guard it was mm. our first child so we didn't have we we're just putting all our trust I guess into um yeah. you know the medical team and our midwife yeah. and our midwife was incredible but we didn't feel like we had much a say in terms of yeah. um, oh but what are my other options it was sort of like that was the only option yeah so yeah I ended up getting induced the following morning I had all the things done. Um, you know, this I forgot what it's called, but the stuff that sort of encourages you to start contracting. Yeah. I had the balloon go inside my cervix to expand it. Um, then on the second day, I also had my waters broken. It was pretty much just two days of really, really, really slow labor. Mm-hmm. And... Then I just wasn't really progressing in terms of my dilation. So on the second day, like I wasn't able to eat or drink anything. Mm.
2: And
0: I was just getting really tired. Um, I had an epidural and then it got to the end of that second day and they just said, look, like you're at six centimetres. You've been at six centimetres for the last eight hours. Yeah. Um, would you like a cesarean it's not an emergency but there's also a chance that you know you might have to go on for another day and then end up having a cesarean anyway Mm -hmm. um and I was pretty prepared to have a cesarean because Louis's mum had just really big babies Mm. um but all the kids like 11 pounders (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so I was sort of just like well, that's probably going to be me because I'm quite yeah. a lot smaller than Louie. Um, and so when it came to that decision, like we were at peace with that. And I yeah. think we were just also excited to meet her. And mm-hmm. I was just a little bit over, you know, I was getting all of my, like, my cervix checked every four hours and it was just really mm-hmm. invasive. So I think I was yeah. just like, yeah, I just want to, you've done everything you can to, to yeah. get things going wasn't ready to come down so um let's just have a cesarean and we had a really positive experience with the cesarean in terms of because it wasn't an emergency we got to meet the staff and take our music in and it was really calm um yeah it was just more the induction process that Mm. sort of i wanted to
1: change if i had future children but yeah yeah had that's you heard of, it? like, any – like, have you talked about inductions with your midwife before that, or, like, did you have much knowledge of the process, or did you sort of feel like you were just there and it was all just sort of happening?
0: No, I had no knowledge of it beforehand. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's how I felt. I sort of felt that there were just always people in the room coming and going, prodding me with yeah. this, prodding me with that, and I just – had to go with it. Like, I feel mm-hmm, like I didn't have yeah. much of a say. I did end up talking to Louie and saying, like, look, I really need you to talk to the nurses when they come in to do these checks on my cervix um, to just give me a countdown or a warning because some would come mm-hmm. in and just sort of like go up there. And I was like, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. that's really painful. And others would sort of, you know, count me in. So it was that was helpful when he then mm-hmm. just said to them, like, look, well, this is what she needs. Mm-hmm. um but no in terms of induction I didn't know anything and I also because I had lots of friends um around the same time mm-hmm. lots of them had had cesarean so I had mm-hmm. knowledge of that but no one had had an yeah. induction so yeah.
1: yeah 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 and what was your post-birth sort of care like like your recovery from your c-section and um your hospital stay and then what was it like being new parents to this beautiful baby girl
0: I think um yeah so we were in hospital for a total of five days so two yeah. days we stayed for the induction then three days post cesarean and it was um hmm. I think I was just quite overwhelmed by everything. Like, I yeah. I also couldn't do anything, obviously. Like, I was quite bedridden.
1: Yeah. I
0: wasn't also um, prepared for, I guess, the after symptoms that you have. You know, the itchiness mm. and all that. Oh, yes. my goodness. That almost felt like one of the worst yeah. symptoms of my whole pregnancy was that itchiness. I had Um, my mum and my mother-in-law just like putting cold flannels and just continuously itching my legs Mm. um and I think also our hospital stay was pretty good we had lovely staff but I think I was getting quite overwhelmed with you know people coming in at midnight and then being like Mm. oh we need to do this hearing test on her now and I I was trying to say oh but she's asleep so not really feeling like I had a say, because it was like, Mm. people are here to do the things that they need to do now, so I need to interrupt my newborn to get Mm. that thing done, or or get her pricked for whatever, whatever test they're trying to do on her. Um, So we were pretty, I know Louis was definitely ready to leave the hospital, because he stayed the whole time, Um, and I was quite nervous, actually, to leave the hospital. Even though there were lots of people coming and going, I, I was sort of just like, wait, what happens now? I don't know this newborn. How often do I change her? How often do I, you know, do all these things? But yeah. my mum came and stayed with us for a couple of weeks after, and then Louie's mum came when she left. So that was really helpful just to have yeah. experienced people yeah. around to support, yeah. but also to support with my recovery because I was, yeah, yeah very much just. I don't know bedridden and you know walking and guiding mm-hmm. all those things you're just like learning how to do again
1: yeah 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 i can definitely relate to that sort of feeling of um being a bit bedridden and yeah it's nice to have the support around so it's nice to hear that you had that um, yeah and how did you feel i guess you and louie as a couple and the adjustment to having a child in your relationship, which is such a huge change. And, yeah, maybe talk mm. us through that, and then we might um, jump into your second pregnancy after that. Yes. Um,
0: I I loved it. I found mm-hmm. an immense amount of um, love for her, especially, I think, breastfeeding. Like, it was – I don't know what hormone was getting released, but every time <laughs> yeah. that I w- would breastfeed her, it was just – I don't know, this happiness, this calmness, this, like, oh, I know what I'm doing Mm. um, feeling would would come over me. I think I was happy with um, everything I was as a mother, but I think I lost a little bit of, I don't know, I I didn't really know who I was beyond Mm. being a mother. Um, And I don't think I was... I didn't have enough understanding of, I don't know, what postnatal depression would look like because Mm. my, I guess, initial thought was, oh, postnatal depression looks like maybe you don't feel closeness to your child, but I felt Mm. the immense opposite. Like I felt everything for my child, for Anikiwa, But she was sort of the only thing that was making me happy. Um, Mm. Nothing else. I'd just be really down. Um, Yeah it would sort of go on waves, you know, and I didn't know. Like, I could have a really good catch-up with a friend and then sort of come home and then feel really low and flat mm. and unmotivated and that – I don't know. I didn't really, I guess, tune into what those feelings could mean. I sort of just feel yeah. like I would sort of just pin it down to, oh, it's just an off day or mm-hmm. rada, rada, rada. But that feeling sort of stayed, yeah.
1: like
0: – up until my next pregnancy, um, yeah. yeah, the waves of lowness.
1: Yeah, and do you think like, like, did you guys have open conversation and dialogue about that in your relationship, and did it impact that? It's like, because I can really relate to that feeling, like particularly mm. the, the loss of joy and like things that you used to really love, and like feeling, yeah, what is who am I outside of being a mum, and those sorts of feelings, and. I probably didn't connect that to postnatal depression until, like, my second son was at least a year old. Um yeah. But, yeah, I'd love to know, like, did you guys have the conversations about that? And do you feel like um, what was the best, like, yeah, thing for you in terms of support? And, yeah, what did that look like?
0: Yeah, so Louis and I had um, lots of conversations mm. around it. And I think he sort of – also helped me identify a lot of those feelings and um, maybe what it could be relating to. Um, At the time, we were also living in Wellington and all of our family were living in Northland. It was also during like a lockdown. So I think it was really easy for me to sort of just cave in and, you know, if people would call, it was just like, well, I don't have to Mm. answer. Like I closed, um, pushed a lot of people out just because I didn't want to talk about how I was feeling or
1: mm. you know, I didn't want
0: that generic question of, oh, how are you, which I even yes. out. And I yeah. didn't want to lie, so I was just like, oh, I don't have the energy to really mm. tell you, you know, how I feel. Um, so it was just easier to not talk about it. But it wasn't easier. Like it didn't help me at all. Yeah. So I yeah. would often then – talk about those things all with Louie. Yeah. but then I would sort of feel like oh is that putting a lot of pressure on him you know like mm-hmm. is he feeling like he has to fix it or you know fulfill my happiness or mm-hmm. and I was also putting a lot of expectations on Anakiwa to fill me with happiness and that wasn't fair on her either yeah. like yeah she was yeah. just a child but she was sort of the only thing that was bringing me joy so I definitely mm. feel like I'm still on this journey of navigating it but mm. now I'm now that I'm more aware I've been able to speak about these things with my parents and mm. um Louis parents who I'm really close with and also some of my close friends and I found that so much more helpful than keeping it to myself and that was also part mm. of the reason why we decided to move home as well was just so that um we had more support around us Mm. and yeah like I even started meeting with a therapist and that's been really helpful to sort of just process those feelings and she's been really good at checking in like you know what what can we be doing differently to Mm. what happened post-birth with Anakila
1: yeah 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 amazing and obviously, we know that you've got beautiful little kānoa now. So, do you want to talk us through um, the journey to pregnancy for you guys the second time round?
0: Yes. So we had always talked about. Um, I think mean, Louie wants multiple kids. He's always <laughs> says as many kids. Yeah. All um, us. System. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, oh, wow! 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 Um, yeah. But because I yeah had my cesarean and we were recommended to wait eighteen months just to yeah. let my body recover, we did take that advice on board. Um, and also because I was teaching, I sort of wanted to get to the end of um, my teaching year. I didn't want to mm. leave partway through. So we, I wouldn't say we timed it, but we sort of, I guess, came off contraception at a certain time where we know it would like be okay if we were to get pregnant now or in six months Mm. time so we um yeah stopped using contraception we were just using condoms during between the babies yeah I didn't want the IUD or anything like that because I knew that we wanted another baby quite close Mm. in age uh so when did we stop yeah we stopped in March last year And, again, I didn't track my ovulations or anything. I think because we fell pregnant quite easy with Mm Anakiwa. And I just didn't want to put the pressure on myself of, um, you know, having having to check things. Yeah. So, yeah, April came around and I was quite certain that I was pregnant after one month. (laughs) And I took a pregnancy test and then was quite deflated about like why hasn't it happened it's like oh come on like it's only been one month Mm -hmm. um, of trying and then again the following month I was quite adamant that it was May quite adamant that we're pregnant again we filmed like a little okay we're taking a test you know we think (laughs) this is the one um and then again feeling quite deflated and then I just Mm. thought um you know, I'm not going to put all my focus into this because I felt like over those two months, I was putting all my focus into, like, okay, are you ready? Like, let's, mm. let's try to make a baby, you know? It was quite, like, I we both really wanted it to happen. But yeah. during that time, we'd also got in um, COVID, we got in gastro, so I also knew that my body wasn't in really um, – you know, conditioned to be mm-hmm. trying to conceive a baby. Yeah, it came to June, and we were heading up to Auckland to have a family weekend away with both of our parents. And Louis had just said, oh, you should take a test because it would be really mm-hmm. cool if we can tell them in person while we're there. Um, and I said, no, but my period's not due for a couple of days. Like, And I think because we'd already had those negative tests, I mm. said, no, like, there's just no point. He's like, yeah, but you've got nothing to lose. Like, you've you've got a test there. Just take it. I'm like, oh, whatever. So I sort of took the test, had a shower, you know, like not really thinking anything of it, mm. and then came out, and, yeah, it was positive. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was really excited. Um, yeah. But then I also, even though I'd wanted it for so long, I think what I've become, like, what I felt was – oh no, like, but Anaki was my, like, my, my baby, my only child, mm. <laughs> like, yeah. how am I gonna love, that happened quite fast, like, how am I gonna mm. love a second child just as much, you know, because I just had so much love for her, and only love yeah. for her, um, but yeah, I ended up telling Louis, and even though he had told me to take the test that morning, I think we both weren't expecting it, and he was mm. downstairs, and I sort of said, oh, come up, um, I want to film a TikTok with you and he was in his head was like, You never want to film a TikTok with me. So like what do you what do you mean? Why is this your suggestion? It's always him saying, Can you film this with me? Can you film this with me? (laughs) And so for me to initiate it, he was like, Oh, something's up and that's when I that's when I told him. Um, and then yeah, we told all of our family that weekend and it was just exciting to be able to tell them in Mm. in person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. And how were you feeling um, in your first trimester of pregnancy? And did you find it much different to the first time round? Obviously, you've got a little toddler running around. So, um, yeah. What was your pregnancy like this time?
0: Yeah, I think that was the biggest difference because, Mm -hmm. you know, the first time round when you have no kids, you have all this Time to sleep and nap, and mm-hmm. send Louie up the road to get all the treats. And then this time round, it's sort <laughs> yeah. of like you just divide and conquer. He's like fully yes. on Kiwa and house, and I'm just fully on bed rest and getting myself the things that I need. I yeah, yeah I found it a lot harder this time round. I was also teaching. But I was teaching part time, so the days mm-hmm. that I was at school, I almost found they were easier because. Again, you're on your feet, um, you have to keep quite busy. You don't really have time to think about it. Then the days where I was at home with Anakila I would find really difficult. Like mm-hmm. I was just napping. I feel like I took a nap every day in that first trimester mm-hmm. when I was at home. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I was just put off lots of food and yeah, similar symptoms to Anakiwa, Anakiwa's pregnancy, but I think just mm-hmm. heightened because yeah. we had a little toddler
1: running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you go with um, a midwife for your care this time around as well?
0: Yes, so we went with the same midwife. Um, at this stage, we also knew that we were moving home partway through our pregnancy. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. think we moved when I was... 28 weeks and it was during that Christmas period so yeah we had organized to have a separate midwife up here in Northland as well.
1: Yeah awesome and so did you organize that like at the start of your pregnancy or whenever you sort of knew that you were moving you looked for a midwife um, up north?
0: Yeah I organized it at the start of our pregnancy so it was really nice to have the same one in Wellington because she already knew you know what happened last time and she was great she was amazing. And we had even considered coming back down to Wellington to give birth just mm-hmm. to be with her. Um, yeah. But she was going to be away on holiday anyway. So we like, okay, yeah, we'll just, let's <laughs> just meet a new midwife and just see how we go yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so same midwife and then new midwives at the end, like in our last trimester
1: in Northland. Yeah awesome and did you do all of the sort of standard testing in this pregnancy
0: yes yeah um we did all the testing I think I was just a bit more relaxed in this mm. um pregnancy like I knew that I had to get my glucose test but it was it was sort of around the time that we moved and then it was that Christmas period so I don't think I ended up getting my glucose test until I was maybe 31 weeks or something like that it was mm. quite like Um, And that's also when we finally met our midwife, but Mm -hmm. yeah, just the standard testing for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome. And did you know that you wanted to keep the sex a secret right from the start?
0: Yeah, I think that was something that Louis really wanted, so I was just like, yeah, I don't mind. Um, And it was really exciting last time for her to be pulled out and Mm -hmm. find out
1: that way. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Very cool. And did you have, like, did you do any um, antenatal courses or any birth education? Like, I guess after your last birth, did it make you think, yep, I want to do this differently or I want to learn more about this? Like, what did that look like for you?
0: Yeah, I definitely, Um, I did hit my birthing. I hit my birthing <laughs> course, your one. And that was yeah. really helpful, especially just with, like, breathing techniques and I don't know, sort of just gaining a little bit more control around, like, the environment and creating the space. Yeah. Um, I found that really helpful. I didn't do any – I didn't sort of look into anything like home births or mm. inductions. I sort of just focused on what can I do for myself to prepare, mm. I guess, for
1: labour. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And did you have many thoughts on, like, a birth plan or – how you wanted your birth to go or anything like that.
0: Um, yeah, so I well because I had my cesarean, I sort of just thought, Oh, you know, I don't think I'll be able to have a vaginal birth. That was something I really wanted, but mm. I think I just didn't want to get my hopes up. Um mm. so I was like, well just to say if I probably need a birth at the hospital, um, and Yeah, and I'll probably have a cesarean. That was sort of my mindset for most of my um, pregnancy. And then I had caught up with a friend who was also pregnant, and she had a cesarean. And she had mentioned, oh, I'm having a home birth. And I said to her, are you allowed to? Because I just didn't think that was going to be an option Mm. for me Mm. because of what had happened uh, with Anika's birth. And so I was really inspired by her, and she went and saw – is it a – who's the person that you see after you have a cesarean? Is it like the the obstetrician?
1: obstetrician? Oh, yeah, Yeah. yeah,
0: obstetrician. And um, the obstetrician she had seen said, yeah, like, you should, um, you know, you should definitely try for a vaginal birth, and, Mm. you know, you should definitely try at home, and you're close to the hospital. So I went and saw an obstetrician, and – sort of ask those questions and I also spoke to my midwives here in Northland and they were also you know yeah if that's what you want to do Mm -hmm. um we're here to support you so where we live is an hour from the hospital so we knew that we couldn't give birth out here so yeah. that's when we, at maybe 35 weeks, had sort of spoken to Louie's parents, and they live one minute from the hospital, just around the corner. <laughs> yeah. And we had said to them, like, hey, like, what would you guys think about <laughs> if we were to give birth here? And his mum, of course, is like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he has a teenage brother who's like 17. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want to traumatise him, <laughs> giving birth in yeah. his house. But yeah. um, no, they would totally supportive and I'm really lucky that we spend a lot of time at their house anyway. So Mm. it's a space that I'm comfortable with. Um, I'm comfortable with his family. And yeah, so we had sort of made the plan that, um, well, let's try for a home birth. And then I was also super comfortable with, well, the hospital's just there and I'm not opposed to the hospital at all. Yeah. Yeah, But I really wanted to try and labor for as long as I could at home. Um, and then I think in my head, I hadn't really thought about the delivery being done at home. I'd sort of just thought' mm. I'll, I'll labor, I'll be there, I'll be comfortable and then I'll just pop in the car, pop to the hospital, and give birth, <laughs> but that was so not what happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. So do you want to talk us through um the end of your pregnancy? Were you doing anything to try and, like, prepare for labour or anything like that and then into your labour and birth story? Yes.
0: So, uh, when did I – yeah, in terms of preparation, I think I was just really focusing on um, trying to walk every day and just trying to remain really, really relaxed, especially in those Mm. last couple of weeks i again didn't have any expectations of when the baby was going to come i just assumed that they'd come you know yeah. beyond their due date like the same with anakiwa and yeah i was just walking really i did do a bit of curb walking um, <laughs> when i was 39 weeks and yeah. yeah i think i was what was i i no not 39 38 weeks so yeah. So I was 38 and four, and it was a Tuesday, and we had gone down to the beach for sort of our nightly walk. And when you have a toddler, you're, you're, you're always on your feet. And I mean, Annika was <laughs> yeah. sort of running around. I would say I was yeah. more jogging, like, I wouldn't say I was running. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. I was sort of chasing after her, and then we got home, and I went to go to the toilet went to go wipe and I was like oh that's like a really sticky feeling Mm. that I'm not used to yeah and I remember I sort of pulled at it and it was like mucus Mm. and this was my first time spontaneously going to labor I never experienced anything like that with Anakia, so I sort of rang from the room and I was so excited I think I was just so excited that my body was able to do that on its own yeah um and I was taking photos and I was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is going <laughs> to happen. But at the same yeah. time, you know, it could be another week. But I'm just excited that things are starting to mm. happen now. And then so that was Tuesday night. Went to bed, woke up Wednesday morning and was having mild, cramped feelings that were quite um, spaced out, maybe 10 minutes apart. And they'd come on and off, on and off. And I had a midwife appointment that morning anyway. Uh, so I drove into town because, again, we live out of town. I drove mm. into town and she checked me and said, oh, yeah, the baby's definitely really low. And I said to her, um, do you think that we should be coming into town now to sort of sit up at Louis's parents' house for labor? You know, and she said, oh, it could happen you know, in the next day, or it could happen in the next week, like, everybody's body is just different, Mm. so she sort of just left it up to me to judge when things are getting a bit closer that you should come into town, so again, I just came back out here, and I was the most relaxed out here, so I was quite happy Mm. to just be um, out the beach for as long as I could,
1: yeah,
0: and then yeah, Wednesday night came around and again, more of my mucus plague came out mm. when I went to the toilet. And so we said, we already had all our bags packed and we had prepared to stay in town for at least a week because I mm. wasn't sure um, you know, how many days before we gave birth that we would be there. Yep. And then we said, okay, let's just go on Thursday morning and overnight things started to get a little bit closer and like a little (laughs) bit more intense and I sort of woke Lily up like early hours in the morning and said do you think we're gonna go now And I was like no like let's just stay here for as long as we can and we'll just head in like mid morning He was like are you sure and I'm like I'm sure like let's just go for a walk Mm. on the beach again I think because I knew that When I was chasing after Anakiba last time, that something happened. I was like, okay, I'm gonna chase after you again. Let's see. (laughs) Let's just see what my how my body responds. Yeah. So we yeah went into town mid morning, um, and got lunch. And I was in like the subway line, definitely having contractions. Maybe at this point every or six minutes apart. So I was sort of like a staple, staple. Like people around don't make Mm, it. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com
1: slash style.
0: Like a big fuss. And I think what I was quite mindful of doing, so this is Thursday at this point, I was quite mindful of trying to eat when I could, like stay hydrated and also take naps throughout the day because I knew that Mm. I would need all my energy if I was to have a home birth which is what I was planning yeah and I definitely think that helped so Thursday afternoon we again um I just wanted to go for a walk because that felt really good to keep things progressing Mm. and yeah at that point they were again every four to five minutes apart um and then yeah just Came home, had dinner with everyone, our whole family. My mum also stayed over as well. And then we put Anikiwa down and that's when things started to get more closer together and Mm -hmm. more intense. So Mm -hmm. I had hired a TENS machine, which I hadn't used last time, but I had heard lots of people talk about. And I was sort of like, oh, I don't know know, what it's going to do because I hadn't tested Mm -hmm. it beforehand. But I put that on and that felt, oh. That was amazing. Like that was. I
1: loved the 10 machine too. Oh I can so goodness. relate. <laughs> like, I was yeah. like,
0: what? why did I not, I don't know why I didn't use it earlier. It was almost mm. like I was waiting for things to become more painful mm. before I yeah. felt like I was able to use it. But as soon yeah. as I put it on, I was just like, this is exactly what I need to get through <laughs> you know, the more intense um, feelings that I'm having at the moment. Yeah. And then, yeah, that kept happening and I was timing them and Laurie sort of said at 8 o'clock, I think we should um, contact the midwife. So we rang her and she sort of said, you know, do you want me to come round? And I had – it was like a team of midwives, so there was four Mm. of them, and I had only met two of them before. So the one that was on for the night, I had never met before. Yeah. so she sort of said, do you want me to come around? And I was like, I just told Lily, no, don't get her to come around because I don't know what she's going to do. Like, she's probably <laughs> going to be here for 12 hours just hanging around. Mm. There's just no point in her coming. And then again, at 11 o'clock, he was like, I think we need to ring them. And I said, no, no. And things are maybe three to two minutes apart at this point, but still manageable. I say that now, and then I'm sure we will have a different story. But mm-hmm. I felt like they
1: weren't <laughs> yeah. at the,
0: they weren't at like the ultimate, like this is painful, unbearable feeling. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And then it got to midnight, and then he he just said, "I'm calling the midwife." And at this <laughs> point, it was it was quite intense, especially in my lower back. Like I was having to get him to put almost all his pressure on mm. my lower back during. Um, when the contraction would happen because, yeah. yeah, that's where I could feel like there and my bum, like it was just so mm. intense there. So midwives come around at about 12.30 and, yeah, at this point we're just in the lounge, I'm on the Swiss ball. We've got low lights, got music playing, and it was just Louie and I. Um, our mums were awake, but I just didn't need them in my space. Like mm. I, I just wanted Louie there. So they were sort of on the other side of the lounge door, just listening to everything that was going on. Waiting. Yeah. 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 Louis there had taken himself to the room and was like, didn't want to listen, but also didn't want to go to sleep. And then Louis's brother had just fully passed out in his room. So I was like, that's good. You're at the other end of the house. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And I was labouring. I don't know. I felt, I just felt really in control of the contractions Mm. that were happening. Um, I was able to breathe through them. I was calm and quiet and it just felt manageable. So when the midwives came at about half 12, um, yeah, again, it was the first time I'm meeting her. So I'm like, oh, hello, I'm Ashley. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Um, And it ended up being that she was exactly what I needed in order to have that birth experience. Like Mm. I said to Louie, we need to name um carnal's middle name after her like i was just, <laughs> I was just obsessed with um yeah. Yeah. my birth experience that i had with her like yeah every word she said wasn't wasted so she didn't do a lot of talking but every mm. everything she spoke was so direct and so encouraging and it was just exactly what i needed i didn't need this um, guess from my first experience all these people coming in and out all these People saying all these things like I just needed almost silence
1: mm.
0: and she was able to yeah able to do that for us so she texts me at um just before one o'clock and I'm sort of thinking oh I just hope I'm five centimeters dilated like that's yeah. I'd be happy with that
2: yeah. and
0: then she said oh you're fully dilated <laughs> um and then that was sort of the the kick that I needed of like, oh my yeah. goodness, like I can definitely do this. Like if I'm able yeah. to go get to even full dilation, I was just excited to be in spontaneous labor, but then mm. to know that I progressed past those six centimeters that I was stuck in with Anikywa's yeah. birth for eight hours was just yeah. like gave me the push that, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this yeah. here. And then she said, okay, you know, where are you going to, deliver the baby and again I'd never thought about delivering in the house let alone my Mm. in-laws house so I was like I don't know I don't (laughs) know I hadn't thought about this part like I sort of thought I'd just hop up to the hospital and give birth on the bed up there and then so Louis sort of um you know brought a mattress out and we just covered it with all the all the things to protect it Mm. um tarpaulins and all that waterproof stuff and Yes, she said, my borders hadn't broken at this point. And so she said, let's just try and um, see if your body is able to, you know, allow them to break on their Mm -hmm. own. So we did that for about two hours. And again, my contractions were quite intense at this point in in my lower back and my bum. And then at about just before 3am, she said, okay, I'm going to check you again. And then she said, she was sort of weighing up whether to break my waters or not. And I was sort of like, oh, just break them. Like, I'm I'm, I'm ready now. I'm ready. So she broke them. And then that's when, yeah, that's when the levels really turned up. Because I felt like I was really quiet. And then Mm. that's when the noises were coming out of me that I didn't know were (laughs) (laughs) noises that I could make. (laughs) Um, And I knew that... Because my lower back was really sore, I knew that I didn't want to lie on my back. Like, that was just uncomfortable, even without a contraction. Mm. So I sort of began on all fours, um, on my knees and my hands. And as a contraction would come, I'd just be squeezing Louie, and my midwife was pushing down at my back. Um, And she sort of said, oh, maybe change your position. This was after about 10 minutes, because I could sort of see that something was trying to come through but wasn't able to so then I kneeled on my knee so that I was almost upright and I found yeah and that's the position that I essentially birthed in but I remember um yeah the sort of first push of Mm -hmm. the head trying to come through I just said to her there's just no there's just no way that that head is going to fit through I just said I said to her I cannot do it and she just said to me oh you're doing it you have to do it and you know (laughs) and so with every every time my contraction would come obviously it would expand a little bit more a little bit more and at this point I was just in so much pain Mm. um but I also sort of knew I've gotten to this point, so I I am capable of doing yep. that, and that's sort of what I had to keep um, saying to myself, hyping myself up, and it really <laughs> yeah. it really helped. And also yeah. my breathing, just um, yeah, she was just telling me to use all my energy and and my breaths, sort of do three mm. big breaths to try breathe um, the baby down, and. Yeah, I think maybe after, oh, I want to say 15 minutes, her head eventually popped through, and yeah. that's when I definitely felt that ring of fire that everyone <laughs> talks about. Because like, I was like, yeah. so, oh, my God, it's burning, it's burning, it's burning. And she said, oh, yeah, you're feeling the ring of fire. That's what you're experiencing <laughs> yeah. right now. And, yeah. Um, yeah, Louis was at the other end, and he could see everything, and... My midwife was sort of saying to me, yeah, like, her head's, all, oh, the head's almost out, and I just didn't believe him, so I had to say, Louie, Louis, like, can you, what can you see? And he said, yes, <laughs> I can see, I can see here, I can see that, you know, our baby's head's almost out, and mm-hmm. as soon as I felt that almost release of the head yeah. popping through, I was like, wow, <laughs> the baby can't go back in, so I just had to keep going, <laughs> yeah. I just had to keep going. but that was... The feeling of oh I'm I'm so close like yeah they're almost here yeah. um and then it didn't take long after that for the shoulders and body to mm. eventually come through and yeah and then they sort of mm-hmm. said the midwife kept referring to the babies like he's here he's here and we were saying uh. we don't know we don't know the gender yeah. as the baby was coming out and she yeah. she had to apologize and just say oh sorry I'm, I don't know why I keep saying it's a word I don't actually know and I was like don't you don't say that because we don't know what we're having, <laughs> we what we're having yeah. yet um yeah. and then yeah I think it took uh maybe 30 seconds before she let out her first cry so they were a little bit yeah. worried about um you know because I had as soon as I pushed her out, I said to my mum's, come in, come in. They were on mm-hmm. the other side of the door. And so they came mm-hmm. in all excited. And then the midwife was sort of just trying to remain calm and make sure that mm-hmm. the baby was okay first. Um, yeah. And eventually she cried. And, um, yeah, we found out the gender. that It was another little girl. And um, she was placed in my chest. And, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was just such like a almost youth moment like mm. I just felt so oh like I did that like I just kept saying to my mum like yeah. I just did that like I, I yeah. can't believe that I was
1: yeah
0: I think as well because I thought oh she's not the baby's not going to come for days you know and mm. um
1: mm.
0: I just didn't expect it to happen at that point um
1: yeah
0: and yeah that was that was mm. our birth at home and it was yeah it was magical and amazing yeah. and I did have a little um a little tear and uh, they yeah. just wanted to send me to the hospital I think because it was close just to get it done there and then we were able to come back so went to the hospital and then came back and by this point it's 6am so Anakil is just getting up
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: because she had also come in during the labor at about 1am yeah
1: just
0: sort of Hey, what's all this commotion going on? The lamb's asleep, and she just wanted Louie and I needed Louie. so mm-hmm. I sort of just said to my mum, "You need to take her and take her for a drive because they try yeah. to take her to the room, and I could hear her getting upset, yeah. and it was yeah. just putting me off my game. I just needed to stay focused." <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so she got to meet she got to meet Carnor um, in the early hours in the morning, and she was just so curious about her and mm. he a little baby doll so she was you know giving all the kisses and the pats and yeah. it was the best um it was the best reaction meanwhile Lolly's fully passed out asleep on the bed and i'm like oh you, yeah. m- you missed the moment you're missing the yeah. moment but i just was so wired from the experience yes. that i yeah. had no tiredness but i was like oh I know I'm gonna feel it soon, so inside. I need to mm. try get some rest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. And how like had you what did you try to do to try and prepare Anakiwa for having a like a sibling? And I know you said she has a little doll. Like how old was she when um Carnal was born and what sort of conversations had you had with her beforehand to try and like help her prepare?
0: Yeah, so Anakiwa was um, two, so they're almost exactly two years apart. Their birthdays are ten days um, apart from each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, so we had, or her nana had gotten her a doll for Christmas, the Christmas just gone, Mm -hmm. and she would spend, her nano especially would spend a lot of time with her and the doll, and they'd practice wrapping the doll in swaddles or putting a nappy in. I think and and I just talked about it yesterday, I think that really helped her to understand the needs mm. of what a baby has because, um, yeah, like, I think if she didn't have the doll, she would have been like, oh, you know, what? why is this mm. baby here or what do they need to be done? But um, and she was quite curious about my tummy as well. She'd always kiss it, but I don't think she understood that there yeah. was a child or a baby in there and then it was going to be her sibling but so far she's responded really well to um yeah having her having Mm. her sister here so it's been it's been really good if anything she's been a little bit uh, showing aggression towards (laughs) Billy and I and she doesn't when especially to me she doesn't when I'm breastfeeding so I'm like Mm. you like also know that yeah, I guess she's just getting used to it and yeah, because she spends a lot less time with me and a lot more time with Louie now
2: mm. she's mm. sort of
0: just like, hey like, don't forget about me, but yeah. in terms yeah. of the baby, she's shown no signs of aggression, she's very gentle with her and mm-hmm. caring and if she has like a little spill, she'll get a wipe and try wipe up her face. <laughs> she hates mess on herself.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Awesome. And I guess, yeah, you obviously birthed at home, so you don't have to go anywhere or do anything um, from a home birth <laughs> perspective. So do you want to take us through what the next couple of hours were like after birth and how were you feeling and, yeah, what happened from there? Yeah,
0: so it was just um, – Really nice to, I think, wake up and be with our family and just in a, I don't know, just a different environment. I think because we stayed at the hospital for a long time with mm. Anakiewa, Louis and I sort of joked about, like, oh, how good is this? Like, we're not, you know, eating this hospital food or um, having to stay on those couches and stuff like mm. that. Like, little did we know what was ahead of us the next mm. nine days. Like we spoke yeah. a little bit too soon about that. But <laughs> yeah, that first day at, at home was just, um, it was just so calm. It was just so, everything felt really natural. I think mm. I had more confidence in being a mother this time around than I did the first yeah. time when I was trying to figure everything out. Like I breastfed Anakiba for 15 months, so I only yeah, wow. stopped breastfeeding her last year in May so it still felt really familiar Mm. to me um and yeah we couldn't have asked for anything more on that first Mm. day so she was yeah breastfeeding fine and um just sleeping and then overnight that's
1: where things
0: sort of took a turn (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and what happened did you notice like something was up or yeah take us through what happened next
0: yeah, so I think I sort of noticed it. Um, I gave her last feed at 9pm and then put her down for a sleep. And at about midnight, she was starting to stir. So sure enough, I got her up to feed her. And she just wasn't latching. It like, was just a little bit mm. fussy. Um, but still, I sort of just thought it was trapped wind. So I tried to burp her, checked her nappy. And again, she just wasn't feeding, but was just... Yeah. Uncomfortable, um, so I wrapped her up, put her down. She went off to sleep, and then at three AM again, she woke up. Same sort of thing, stirring, wouldn't latch, and I and I thought that's weird because your last mm. feed was at nine o'clock. Um, and then she had a little bit of like a spill, a bit of a spew that was yellow. So I took a photo of that, and I was like, mm, "Do it weird because you haven't you haven't drunk the milk in a long time." Mm. Came to 7am and pretty much the exact same thing. So that's when I said to Louie, oh, we need to contact our midwife because something's wrong. She hasn't mm. drunk her milk overnight and she had also been having little, like the odd little spew.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and our midwife was on her way. She came in about 9am and when she was there, that's when Karn ordered a spew. But this time it was like, brown
2: mm-hmm. it almost
0: seemed like she was spewing poo that's that yeah. was the smell that was how it looked um yeah. and so straight away she said oh yeah that's not normal um let's get you to the hospital so we sort of packed like not even snacks because we're like oh yeah we'll just pop up to the hospital mm-hmm. and pop back um and we were taken in and sort of the first doctor that we saw so she had screwed four times in the last hour yeah and he witnessed it as well and the first doctor we saw straight away at, at bangaday hospital said um oh i'm pr- you know it's looking like that you're going to have to head down to starship hospital mm. and that was quite we just weren't expecting that i think mm. because um we had had this really positive experience yeah. at home And everything was fine on the first day. And then overnight things took a turn. Yeah. So it was as confronting as it was to hear that at the start of the day, it also prepared us for, because we we stayed in Skaboo and Whangata Hospital all day and they monitored her. But I think we then knew in the back of our heads, we're still going to Starship after this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And... Yeah, they did x-rays on her and she was still spewing. They had put an IV drip on her just to keep her fluids up and yeah. then they had just told us about the process that um, you know, she's going to be choppered down to Starship Hospital and the staff had told us that it's unlikely that a parent is able to go with her. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any people close to me, I guess you would say, that have been to Starship. Oh, I have one friend, mm. so I have one friend who's child back to Starship. Yeah. So I was just I just assumed that oh, it would make sense that a parent would be in the chopper with them to mm. go. But they had said, Oh no, you know, be prepared that you need to drive down and they had also said that essentially, um you sign papers, and that gives, I guess, the staff on board um, consent to do the things that they need to do while you're not with them, while you're mm. not there. Not your care. So that was really hard to hear. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it turned out Lolly did just ask when the chopper staff came to collect her, and just said, "Look, can my can my wife travel in the helicopter?" Mm. And they sort of said like. How much do you weigh? I think it comes down to weight, apparently. And then they said, yeah, you can come. So that was a, re- a, like, a big sign of relief. And then Louie drove down uh, after us and met us there three hours later because of all the diversions and stuff on the Northland roads. Mm. It takes a little bit longer. And so much had happened in that time yeah. of when we arrived. And when Louie arrived, that... I'm so thankful that we were able to or that I was able to stay with her to mm. make those decisions and be able to call Louise so that he was informed about what was going on. Yeah. Um because at this point she also hadn't pooed and that was a big um sign for them that something something was wrong, that she was yeah. two days old and yeah, their main concern was that she hadn't passed any stool. And they wanted to try to do procedures, I guess, before they decided that she needed an operation. They wanted to see if they could avoid that. Yeah. So they put, like, a little probe up her and some saline to see if they could flush it out. And they mm. were able to get, like, a little, a little poo out. And that was, like, a huge yeah. celebration. Like, it was photos and sending to our family, mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, you know, she's... He's that means that things are getting better yeah. and we are in the right place and rada, rada, rada. Um, so we were really happy. That was, that was like a sign of relief. And uh, at Starship, they had actually arranged for us to stay in a parent room, which is on the NICU ward. So we were oh, yeah. lucky that we were just doors down from her. Um, and it had, you know, like a queen bed and a bathroom and fridge and all the things. And we were only meant to stay there for one night, and then they were going to move us to the Ronald McDonald House. Mm. Um, so the next day came around on Sunday, and we were in pretty good spirits, I guess, because she had passed that first poo. Yeah. But they were still worried because she was still vomiting, and the vomiting at this point was. Um, green and they just couldn't figure out why mm. why it was why it was happening and yeah they had mentioned we might have to do an operation but again let's just try and do the probe and saline which we did last night yeah. which was successful and let's try to see if that helps her get things going in her bowel do a poo they did that and they were unsuccessful and Louie and I could sort of tell on their faces that that something was still wrong mm-hmm. with her. So mm-hmm. even though she had passed the night before, that that um, was it was a concern because she was still she was still spewing.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: um, that's when they had said, "Okay, I think we want to do the operation like now, and yeah. we need a time to." Um, talk about if that's what we wanted so she was two days old and mm. um, pretty much needing an operation to open up her tummy it was almost like a cesarean
2: kind mm. of
0: operation to open up her tummy and see what was going on in there they they thought that they had or they had a pretty good idea about what had happened but they mm. were needing to operate to fix the problem so yeah yeah, that was probably one of the hardest things. Mm. Well, yeah, the hardest things we've gone through, and I think because mm. Louie and I have gone through hard things in the past, sort of individually, so we've had the other person to lean on yeah. to sort of support um, and carry some of that weight, I guess, of whatever was yeah. going on. But this was the first time that it was affecting both of us. Um, and just to have our little newborn, uh, just the thought of yeah. having her um, being operated on and then you're obviously running through the risks in your head of mm, what yeah. if this goes wrong or what if that goes wrong. And even though the surgeons yeah. were quite reassuring about like, um, you know, it's a pretty straightforward operation,
2: mm.
0: it, it was still like there wasn't certainty mm. uh, and that's what we were that's what we were I guess trying to seek but yeah so that was that was hard um yeah and they sort of said you know you're going to be away from her for a couple of hours while we prep her and stuff like that so we actually mm-hmm. had some of our family come to visit us at starship um and it was quite good just to pass time and not clock yeah. watch because that's what I didn't want to do I didn't yeah. want to be staring at the clock I just we needed distraction, so mm. her family come and visit us, have dinner with us, and then, yeah, after a couple of hours, um, they rang us and just said that they had identified the problem. So pretty much, she had a like knot in her intestines, mm. and that's why her like poo could only travel as far as her tummy, and it couldn't yeah. go any further. And, yeah. um, you know, the first thing that came over me was like, is this something that I did during birth? Mm. So having those feelings of guilt or
2: mm-hmm. even,
0: even Louis, he had those feelings as well. He was saying, cause he tied off, um, her, what's the cord there? Oh, her umbilical cord. Yeah. And then he was having feelings of, did I tie it too tight? Or we're mm. both yeah. just having all these things of, is this something we did? Mm. But it was quite reassuring that the surgeon, because we asked those questions, we just said, how how has this been caused? Um, Mm. And they said that it's something that develops in like the later weeks of pregnancy, like the last week or two, and it can't be detected and it can't be picked up on until they're out of the womb and they start beginning to to process food that you're then able to notice that, oh, this is... This is the problem. So yeah. that was that was good. That was good to know for both of us, like a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, they and un- untangled the knot, I guess, reattached mm-hmm. it, and yeah. then from there on out, it was just all about her recovery. So, um, her recovery. I think she was there. It was there a total of nine days? but yeah. Seven days post op, and. It was nice she didn't need, because everything else was working at 100%, mm. she didn't need um, like a breathing tube or anything yeah. like that. And even in terms of her scar, like it wasn't bandaged up or anything, like yeah. it was just, everything was done as best as it could be, um, Yeah. really cleanly, and she just began to do everything she needed to do yeah. to recover, so... She was still on the yeah, like the IV drips and mm-hmm. because my milk had come in, I also was pumping every three hours.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Because I really wanted to breastfeed and mm-hmm. I didn't want my milk to go. And so I was pumping about oh like maybe two hundred mils every three hours. Oh
1: wow.
0: Yeah. And just and just storing it all um for when she could begin to have milk. So I think it was maybe maybe three days post-op, she was able to begin having a little bit of milk through a tube. Um, yeah. And then they were, they were increasing the milk and decreasing uh, her IV drip. And for the first day, every three hours, she was allowed one mil of, um, mm. of milk. And she would mm-hmm. just get so angry as soon as that mil was up like she, oh, just no. wanted more.
1: she
0: just wanted more and
1: yeah
0: that was the only thing that was making her frustrated she was off all her pain meds at the stage mm. and um the nurses would just say oh like that's the only reason why she's upset she's not upset because she's in pain she's just upset mm. because she's hungry and yeah. even if I would try to hold her she could just smell she could smell no, it on yes. me so she would, yeah. get, she would get really frustrated but mm. yeah over the next coming days they um increased her milk and then eventually on set on the Saturday for six days post op I was able to breastfeed for the first time and mm. I was quite I was quite nervous. I didn't know mm. how it was gonna go and because I had a really positive breastfeeding experience with Anaquewa like I was scared if it wasn't going to work out for us mm. this time round. Um, but no she latched she latched fine if anything my boobs were just, I was almost on the verge of mastitis because I was Mm. pumping so much and she was only requiring so little of me Uh, at that time that it was almost, it had overproduced too much, you know, so that was probably just the hardest thing, it was just a couple of days of really engorged Mm. um, boobs and then I just ended up putting cabbage leaves on it actually, my midwife said, Mm -hmm. and that that helped to just oh just reduce them because they were just mm. huge and not like a nice huge like oh like i look turkey it was like no like <laughs> no. They're, they're balloons um, yeah. and they're hard and they're sensitive um, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah on monday uh, they told us that they were going to transfer us back to bangaday hospital we would stay a night there um and just do like a handover of notes so that if we yeah did have to go into hospital after this, you know, that they um, had an understanding of where she was mm. at. And it was nice because that meant we could also get choppered back as opposed to mm. driving if we were to just be discharged from Auckland. Yeah. So went back to Pangaele Hospital, and it was really nice because a lot of the staff were there on the first day that we arrived mm. um, in Skiboo, and I think they were just as happy as us to see that Mm-hmm. You know, she was thriving and healthy yeah. and not yeah. spewing. And every time she does a poo, it's like a huge celebration to us. And <laughs> it happens so much now in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're at Faraday Hospital. And then, again, Laurie's just great at asking all the questions. He sort of just <laughs> said, is there a reason for us to stay? Like, we, we're one minute from the hospital. Mm. Um, she's fully breastfeeding. She's fully pulling, she's mm-hmm. not spewing, um, and they eventually just said, Oh, no, nah, you're right, I guess we don't need to have you stay. And they discharged us on Monday night and Yeah, it was just surreal to be um mm-hmm. back home with her and reunited with Anakiwa because she didn't yeah. come with us to Auckland. Um she yeah. stayed with her grandparents in Fangaday and um even that was hard in itself. I like mm. never spent more than two days away from her, let alone yeah. over a week. Mm. So it was just so nice to see her. And she had been seeing Cardinal in the video camera all the time as well. So even she was excited to see her in person
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. very
0: protective over who could touch her and mm. hold her. And
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, amazing. Well, it's been a very busy, <laughs> very busy couple of weeks for you guys, but I'm so pleased to hear that, um, yeah, what the doctors did was successful and that she's just thriving now.
0: Yeah, it was. And we had the um, the best experience at Starship, you know, mm. and it made us, I think, super grateful for um, – You know, not everyone gets to leave there, or nine days to us seems long, but nine days to other people is is nothing. Mm. Like it, Mm. I don't know. It put a lot of things into perspective. So there was lots of joy, definitely being able to leave, but then there was also big feelings around Mm. people next to us that we've sort of seen, you know, Mm. during our time that aren't leaving
2: and maybe yep.
0: aren't sure when they are leaving so yeah you no, know, we're super yeah. grateful for the starship staff. it's just even the little things like they ask you oh what linen do you want for the bassinet mm. like it's just it's those kind of touches that make it feel like
1: yeah. they're
0: caring they're caring for your child like as if it was their own yeah, um, yeah. that makes you feel like you're in really really good hands so mm. yeah all the stuff that we have there um we were super just super lucky to have and we were able to stay yeah in our parent room on the for the whole time because it just wasn't required um for yeah. any other family mm-hmm. so yeah that was lucky as wow well. yeah.
1: oh. <laughs> awesome and i've got one final question for you oh yes Today, and I'd just love to know how you chose the girls' beautiful names and um, do they have any special meaning behind them? I guess, yeah, I always get questions if I can ask people what their journey to naming their babies were, so I'd love to hear yours.
0: Oh, yes. Okay, so <laughs> for um, Anikiwa, uh we had, Louie and I had talked about names for years and years prior to giving <laughs> birth. And falling pregnant and we had always they always ended in disagreements that like we were just on <laughs> total different yeah. scales he also has a generational name so he was like yeah if we have a boy can we name you know louis henry the mm. v and i was like no i think this is <laughs> i think maybe this is a generation that we choose something else um, yeah. but he was happy with as long as we were having Maori names, which is what we both wanted. So that was sort of what we agreed on. Um, But he, when I was pregnant uh, with Anakewa, he went and did Outward Bound. And Outward Bound is done in a place called Anakewa.
1: Okay.
0: And he, because they don't have their phones there, so I didn't talk to him for three weeks. It was 21 days. And so you go on all these adventures and have all these experiences but down in the place of anakiwa it's said that there's like a maori taniwha that lives in the ocean called kiwa and that taniwha reveals themselves through dolphins um hmm. and louis said on his last day of outward bound and um, they're getting ready to come home and there are about a hundred dolphins that just swam oh by his sailboat and yeah. he had heard that story while he was there and just said oh, I think this is like a toy oh which way. is sort of just like a you know something that's laid down as yeah um, as a challenge of this is them the tanifa revealing themselves yeah. so yeah he came home and just said I have a child's name <laughs> and I and he said it and I loved it and I loved the meaning yeah. of it um, yeah, and yeah, we actually went to take Anakila when she was four weeks old there to visit the space, and Amazing. yeah, I love her name um, yeah, and the meaning behind it as well. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah Kanoa. So Kanoa is um to what's on? Oh yeah, Kanoa is to live life without any limitations, which. I feel like she has lived well and truly up to her
1: name.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And then her middle name, because we didn't have a middle name at first. And when we were in hospital, I said to Lily, oh, I'd really like to give her a middle name that sort of reflects her experience here. Mm. And so he starts, you know, translating things and he's he's translating things like, Twisted intestines, and, and I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> oh my not, god, it's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. give her a name. I was more talking about like brave, courageous. You know those kind of. Those kind of yeah, words. Oh, so so, the, so her middle name is Maya, which means brave warrior.
1: um Beautiful.
0: And yeah that's the
1: meaning behind the girl's name amazing well yeah I think they're absolutely beautiful so that and I love to know the meaning behind them it's so so lovely and I've absolutely loved speaking with you today Ashley I think you are just yeah such a light and so nice to follow your beautiful family on social media but it's even nicer to hear um, your story today so just so grateful that you're willing to share with us all thank you
0: Thank you. No, it's been so nice to chat with you, and it <laughs> would be a lengthy one. But I, yes, <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I've enjoyed sharing with you um, our experience, and even though they are two totally different experiences, um, I'm yeah grateful for both of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed listening to Ashley talking about their experiences. I loved our conversation. So yeah, I hope you did too. Keep an eye out for a few more bonus episodes coming your way and another birth story very soon. Otherwise, have a great week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.